Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show. With Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Hello and welcome to the Wise Men Say Preview Show on Sun FM. Here tonight with Graham Anderson in the studio who's going to have a little bit of a chat with us about his contribution to the new uh, Tales from the Red and White book as well as uh, other things, Sunderlandy. Gary Foster's here as well from the uh, from the Wise Men Say team. Evening. Put your microphones up, that would help, wouldn't it? Uh, one, two, I'm one, trying, two. I'm on, well, Stephen's <laughs> on here as you can obviously tell because I'm doing this and I'm like sort of a really bad octopus, an octopus with some sort of Jean-Michel like, sort of like stumpy Jean-Michel. sort of um, tentacles. Music, yeah, sure. I can't really get to the, the controls. Um, being tall, you see, it's, it's, it's terrible. I'm not sitting down, you see. We like to do these things, stand up to try and bring some energy to the proceedings. It's not a visual medium, guys. No, it's... Uh, well, <laughs> thank the Lord for that. Um, but yes, so, as I said, Graham Anderson's here. Obviously, most of you remember him from his uh, time at the Sunderland Echo, but obviously he's been in the studio plenty of times since then and freelance now, but... I'm sure you're aware, if you're a big Sunderland fan, that uh, there was a, a book, The Tales from Red and Whites, which was the original volume. second volume is out um, very soon out now. Is it to buy online? Uh, it depends whether people listen to the podcast. It's uh, it's The book launches on Friday night, um, and then it's out in the shops on the Saturday. So the book launches at uh, Quinn's Bar in the Stadium of Light. Uh, and if we go out before then, people can still walk up and pee on the door, get a book and a free glass of uh, wine or beer or whatever, and meet some of the people, some of the players who contributed to it. There's 11 players, 11 positions, um, and the majority will be there tomorrow to talk about their time at, uh, at Sunderland. So you did, was it? You had Stefan Schwartz, Tony Corton. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went, I went to London to interview Stefan Schwartz. I went to Dublin to interview Stephen Elliott. Uh, I interviewed Martin Scott in Sunderland College, and I interviewed Tony Corton at the Tennis Centre in Stockton. So it was a bit, you know, it was a, weird, it was a bit <laughs> random. Yeah, it was yeah. all a bit random. His daughter plays, uh, his daughter plays tennis and she come for some tournaments, so it was better than driving down to Birmingham. Um, but it was a lot of fun to do. And it, it isn't a, um, a best 11 or anything like that. It was just we tried it. So you had Tony Courtney who played 12 games for Sunderland and Gordon Armstrong who played 400. You've got Stan Anderson who was the uh, is the earliest one there and Steve Elliott under Roy Keane's kind of the... Is a, the, is the latest player who was involved and it was just players that we just thought you know there's one for every position all the way through the team and it was just players that collectively uh, like co-authors are Lance Hardy who people remember did Stoke or Sunderland in 73 and was the original editor of the first volume and Rob Mason the former I mean when I, when I heard Rob was not going to be full time at the club anymore I wanted to bring him in uh, and Rob's done three chapters um, so uh, it was just all people we thought would make an interesting story people who probably are quite well known names but um the s- stories we were kind of aware of behind the stories that people thought might we thought might find interesting. So, what kind of things can we expect? Just a bit of a flavour from some of the stuff that some of the people like you've spoken to. Is there anything in there you can reveal without spoiling things? Anything to look out for if you're going to buy the book and or come along to tomorrow night as it is the Friday night, the 18th of November at the Stadium of Light and have a listen to what people are going to be talking about. Well, with 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 Tony, uh, say, say Tony, uh, Stephen Schwartz. I just thought, well, 
I always quite liked stuff and, and space contract. I'm sure must have been. Discussed. Well, it, it gets a mention, but it's it's it, well, the thing is, it's a bit like talking, isn't it? When you when you, there's almost a talking fatigue. Twenty five years ago, I remember when I first started the Echo. Twenty six, twenty seven years ago. I remember reviewing books and this is fantastic there's a book on Sunderland like it's come out and now the shelves are full of Sunderland books it's the same with Talkins didn't you have that many Talkins and now they're flooded with Talkins and when you get the Talkins sometimes you can almost reel off mm. uh, the, the, the you know the ball, standards but Bawley sitting in the bar in the derby yeah. uh, Kevin there's, a, there's, this, there's this kind of this, the standard stories and that was what we wanted to do with the book was to not do those so I've made reference to the space contract with Stephanie Schwartz but it's about different things in his uh, in his career, which I thought I found interesting, Tony Corton, for example, I, I was, I, I was at the, obviously covering the club when Tony Corton was there, but he, he seemed to disappear off the radar one day. He's, he got the he got the bad leg break, um, and because he wasn't in the team, he just kind of disappeared. But he had interesting stories to tell, um, and the same goes for Martin Scott. It was more of a, it's, the idea was to get more of an insight into the into the people. And Steve Nelly was interesting one in the sense that. When he was here, he was like 21 year old, and you forget he's just, he's just a kid. He's 33 now, but he's a different bloke. Uh, and when I remember when I was interviewing them, he was a nice guy, but he was so shy. And like now, he's he's kind of yeah. keen to talk about these things that happened. So there's there's loads well, of interesting different stuff in there. He's just signed for Morpeth, actually. He, was, yeah. he has, he has, and he, I got him involved with it. I mean, it gets a bit incestuous, but I got him involved in a company which Martin Scott runs, who's also in the book Inbrotech Soccer is yeah. training, uh, and with Stephen his. He married a Sunderland lass, um, and he wanted to move back to the northeast. Um, he's relocated to be over here. He feels that Sunderland's as much his home as Ireland is these days. Um, so we were looking for a team for him when he came back. I, was, I thought I thought he was going to go for South Shields, which would have been even better because you'd have had Martin Scott at South Shields, assistant manager, Julio, and, right, and, yeah, yeah. and Julio. Uh, yeah, but it's it's certainly Morpeth, so you know. Yeah. I think it's a very good signing for Morpeth. Yeah, well, if he's back, we'll have to get him in, won't we? Definitely. He's, well, he's us one now because he dropped us in it for Saturday because <laughs> he's supposed to be doing the show that's at the Peacock. Got uh, signed up for Morpeth. got signed for Morpeth instead, so, you know. Well, there's a book There's a book signing at 12.30 at the stadium, um, and I thought he couldn't be there because of... Uh, it's at the, uh, in the club shop. I thought he couldn't be there because of the Morpeth thing, so I kind of ruled him oh, out. Well, but there's there talk about that he might be there. So if he's there and not at the podcast, oh, really? there could be hell on, couldn't there? There will be hell on. I'll have a look. <laughs> oh. Well, I'll be there tomorrow night, so I'll take <laughs> Send a task. spy over, <laughs> you know. Could, could you sign the Stephen? And by the way, why aren't you at your <laughs> podcast? <laughs> exactly. Well, on that note, anyway, we've got uh, David Priest, who's, got, who's can, kindly stepped in and managed to cajole him into Safe pair of hands. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've managed to cajole him in. He's, he's been watching Tottenham at Wembley, I think, every week because he likes Hugo Lloris, but now he's uh, he's caved in. He's going to come up to the Millwall game and watch us set the record for uh, 20 consecutive home games without a win. So, oh. you know, I mean, you've got to be there for when wow. the history's made, Get your t-shirts you? made now. Exactly. Roy, Roy Castle was still around. Record <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, to tell you, there'd be a chapter in there on Sunday, <laughs> wouldn't there? Yeah. There probably is this year. Special programme. But anyway, we're going to go away and we'll come back uh, and we'll, we'll ch- chat about the managerial situation. Um, and and there's probably some two or three people in the book who've probably been linked with the job. So you know we'll, we'll come on to that next. Wise men say Sun FM preview show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Yeah, so I know that uh, obviously in the summer there was a lot of rumours about Stefan Schwartz and putting together a consortium to buy the club and. I know that when we had Gordon Armstrong with us in the Peacock, he was saying, oh, he was maybe involved in an advisory role in some sort of consortium that was looking to buy the club. Then there was rumours that Stefan might have thrown his hat into the ring amongst the many, many hats we've experienced over the last two weeks. The ring overflowed with hats. But, you know, do you think Stefan was 
interested in the job. He's somebody you've spoken to a few times. I don't know if you want to reveal so, that. No, so Stefan was Stefan was interested in the job, um, and I, I was on Twitter about. Um, uh, an overseas manager who was also interested in the job, who wasn't Chris Corbin, who wasn't Michael Oney, as it turns out, um, but he'd received a call saying thanks for the application, but uh, um, we're looking at making a decision. You know, I think the, the phrase the person used on the phone to him was, um, "Hopefully, we've made the right decision." From which, <laughs> <laughs> from, wow. From, wow, from which, from which, well, I, I don't think there, I don't think there was, that, there, there was that much doubt in it. You know, it's, it's one of the sort of things you'd say if you were turning somebody else down. You know, hopefully, we made the right decision. But I think the uh, I think the implication was that it had kind of made the decision, so it approached someone. So the likes of Stefan, who would have been, I think he would have been interested. Uh, I know he would have been interested. Um, had he received encouragement? Uh, we would have heard Dwight York. There's a few people who took their names in the ring. Um, but I think uh, those stories are kind of past the post of it now because it looks as though someone are ready to appoint. Um, <laughs> they're ready to appoint. Well, they might. They well, might. Have the managers that want to appoint are ready to well, be appointed. Well, they might have appointed by the time the podcast goes out. But at, this, at the time of recording this, Chris Coleman's just shot in, into the uh, you know, down to nothing in the bookies. So that's that's often a sign. But then again, sometimes I, I'm so cynical. Sometimes I know he's he's in talks with the Welsh FA about extending his contract, and he's gone on record as saying he wants to continue with the Golden Generation. So being a cynical old hack, you sort of sometimes think, well. Is this someone just putting this stuff out to try and uh, up Chris Coleman's ratings with the Welsh FA and get them to push them for that? Oh, or not? Surely, surely an agent wouldn't do anything as yeah, unscrupulous so, as that. So, so I don't know. I mean, the only thing you can do with this is kind of wait and see. That's all you can do. So, I mean, I get. I, I was a bit bored when I was writing for the Echo. I was almost going to be bored with the speculation going on. You just want to know what's going to mm. go on. And I do think the club is open to a bit of criticism. The club will argue it's taking its time over the appointment. Blah blah blah. But I think the fans are entitled to think. You know. You sacked Simon Graceman after a match, literally within seconds after a match. It would imply you were somewhere down the road. You, most journalists thought at the time that we would see Robbie Stockdale caretaking for the Borough game. They should have chosen Bolly, by the way, but don't open that. It's a different kind of words. I really want. To, I think it's a bad mistake to have chosen Bolly for that role. For the, I think you've been perfect for Borough and perfect for for middle um, for the Millwall game. Well, we've got Villa on Tuesday. Yeah, after I don't. That I don't. Well. Th- I don't think necessarily he might not be the man for the job, but I do think that historically Bolly hasn't been treated well in terms of the situations he's been put in. I think he has something to give. I think he's been great in the changing room. I think you'd have at least had an authority that in those changing rooms that Robbie Stockdale hasn't got. But either way, regardless of that, we all kind of thought, well, you probably have Robbie Stockdale there for the Borough game and the new manager in the stands, or, or, or at least kind of almost been announced and it's been a fortnight since then, and you're facing the prospect of, of Robbie being in charge. I don't even think Robbie wants to be in charge himself particularly, but you face the prospect of Robbie being in charge for the Millwall game and, like you say, maybe even the, the Villa game. So I do think the one thing you can say is you would have hoped that Sunderland might have acted more quickly... Um, but if they make the right appointment, um, they'll be forgiven for that. Well, I mean, in theory, Gary. I mean, the the comment Graham has made, obviously, about the the timing of Grayson's departure, you know, did raise eyebrows. But I mean, there's there's a little bit of logic there, isn't there? In that they'd probably want to have spared him the embarrassment of going out and and you know sitting in front of the press, getting all the questions about you know is your job in danger, and then being sacked the next day or whatever. I guess you know it was concise, but I think we would all have thought that there would have been somebody lying in wait. Now, we discussed this. Obviously, it's been two weeks since we've last done a, a show, or a, a preview show anyway. Um, and at the time, we, we had the discussion, and I said I didn't think we'd have anybody appointed today. Um, and that is the case. Um, it's disappointing, but unsurprising, is it not? It's it's, it's very Sunland, isn't it? <laughs> For yeah. want of a better way to put it. It's, uh, if we're going to sack... Grayson, 
if they don't beat Bolton, then there's a discussion already being had to say, look, if you don't beat Bolton tonight, or it's not satisfactory performance tonight, then we're going to give him the push. So that discussion's been had. So if you've had that discussion, then surely your next discussion that leads on from there is, right, who, who do we want? Who are we going to get? Now, for two weeks on, there's still apparently, I mean, if they know who they want, then they've managed to keep it very quiet, but to still not know who's going to be in charge. The, the whole point was, that oh, they've done it now, and we've got the whole international break to sort it out after the Berg game. And yet, we're still not sorted out. We're still guessing. We're still wondering. We're hearing stories about they want this one, they want that one. He's a contender. And then we're hearing stories, they don't want to touch it with a barge pole, or they're, they're not considering it, or they're worried about taking it. It's just... it. It opens the club up to a lot more criticism, either fairly or unfairly, and it makes the club look slightly amateurish. Slightly. And I mean, I think, I think that's where I think they missed a trick with Borley. Had they put Borley in, the fans would have accepted Borley, yeah. even the ones who don't think he's necessarily a good manager. Um, you put him in, and fans have been rolling up the mill wall tomorrow, shaking their heads, sort of going, you know, well, I guess it's another week with Borley in charge. But they would have accepted that. They would have, you know, they would have worn that. But, well, there might but, have even been a level of well, it, if we yeah, win, it could, yeah, it could, it could have changed things. It could yeah, have, you and know, then, it, then he's in the, in the manager's point exactly. In the frame. Whereas Robbie Stockdale's never been a manager. You have got a novice in charge, and he's a nice guy, Robbie. But I can't imagine him sort of, you know, either rattling cages, imposing discipline, or sort of getting people fired up in the change room. No disrespect to Robbie, but having Robbie Stockdale in charge for a second game, you know, for, for, for one game could be regarded as you know, sort of unfortunate. For two games, just careless. Well, the bizarre thing about Stockdale as well, sort of slight tangent but obviously Elliot Dickman's the under 23's coach then last year when we were in that Checker Trade Trophy I was at Andy Welsh at the time I can't remember which one it was but it was like oh well Robbie's going to manage the team for the Checker Trade Trophy so like, why like, yeah, well, he wasn't even he wasn't a manager in in, in the under 23's he wasn't a manager you know in, in, the, in the first yeah. team he's a first team coach he's not an under 23's well, coach it was just just really strange <laughs> and then now he obviously He's kind. Of, it just goes to show the thinking across the board seems a little bit the other, unusual. The other, the other strange thing is it's probably only someone that haven't been able to keep hold of a cat. The manager, Kidley's gone and say, yeah. "Billy, yeah. we want you to steer there until we get oh, Billy, Billy, yeah, yeah. Billy." Oh no, he's, Billy's gone. Yeah, join us. Join the other the harem of caretaker <laughs> managers now. Sorry, um, the first team coach selection at West Ham. He's um, certainly surrounded himself with. Uh, Probably three candidates for for the job that for the it's, Sunderland job, it's and it's just poor. It's just, just poor, and it's sort of like I mean, sort of if the headline's written for the weekend of of Lions led, but you know, Lions versus Donkeys. I, think I can see it now. I can see sort of Sunderland. I mean, I know I, I, every time I come on here, you accuse me of being pessimistic, and the results make me seem not to be the case. But I'd be, uh, um, I mean, I'm going to the game, and uh, I'd be amazed if Sunderland. Uh, get anything out of it and I know that Millwall haven't been great and all the rest of it but I just sort of think that the way it's done at the moment I'd love to see them win but I think probably if you've been optimistic at draws are more, more of the light result because they've seen it at the moment to pitch their performances at a level below mm. the opposition if the opposition are good so they're not quite good enough and if the opposition are bad Sunderland seem to take their game down yeah. a notch you know what I mean it's, I just, they're, in that, they're in that awful place that I've seen Sunderland teams go to before and it needs either a new manager who's really really capable or a new manager plus preferably a new owner who can inject more money into it and change things around that's all, that's all I can see that's going to change the spiral that Sunderland are in I mean on that point about Millwall as well I mean like you say they're not in great form they'll come and talk we'll talk about that game in a bit more detail later but 
you look at it and it's an ideal opportunity you know it's there's been plenty of ideal opportunities <laughs> We've had but a few, haven't we? you get the new manager in you try and get a bit of a lift around the place if you get the right person and it might give the, the fans a lift whoever that might be I'm talking theoretically here because let's be honest I don't think any of the names that have been linked with the job generally have seemed to have united the supporters and people going we definitely want him we definitely want him it's just been pockets of people saying well he would be a good choice because of X, Y and Z but if you got the right person in with a personality to lift the place get a few more bums on seats you know you get into that game and something something I think there's been a rizzler paper between the two teams in most of the games we've played this season and mistakes um, that Sunderland have you know, committed if, if it cost them the games we've, I don't think we've ever been heavily outplayed in any of the games we've played we've, we've just shot ourselves in the foot um, you know, the, you never know the, the new manager comes in, players get a lift a good performance, a win all of a sudden you've got that home win monkey is gone the new manager's got a win you've got a game on the Tuesday night to look forward to then to try and build on something, get some momentum going I just feel as though they've missed an opportunity. I don't know what you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, it's Sunderland all over, isn't it? It's just, it's it's a case of you get this opportunity and then you wait, you wait, you wait, and it passes you by, you know what I mean? It's to say, how many games do you give it before you see, right, the new man's in charge, now he's got enough time to turn it around. All right, there's still a lot of football to be played before the end of the season, but every game is an opportunity missed. It doesn't matter who it's against in this division, most teams are capable on their day of beating most other teams in this division. So every game you pass, so whether it's Millwall Saturday or it's Villa during the week, there's another two chances you had of getting six points, like three points each, six points. There's another six points that you possibly won't get that you may have. There's nothing to say you definitely would have, but the, the new guy had an opportunity to come in, get them fired up, Millwall not playing particularly well, you know, bounce off the new manager, you know, and, and we just we're wasting time and we're wasting opportunities and not sunning all over, unfortunately. At the minute, and as well that you know the managers we've been linked with the interest the interesting comment that seems to be coming out through ch media channels um, might not necessarily be correct, but the suggestion is Paul Heckenbottom stolen because of. January transfer funds. Michael O'Neill wasn't. In, I don't know what was going on there. We were interested. We weren't interested. Either way, he There's said. A suggestion that they were, the Sunderland have approached him and he's turned them down because of the January transfer, transfer, transfer funds. funds. I think it's quite. In, this is quite interesting that Sunderland, I would think, have pitched their search at managers who could probably come in and look at what we've got in place and on a minimal budget improve the team this season and get us out of the relegation zone. But the managers we've approached to do that job on that basis seem to be looking at Sunderland and going, it's like somebody's got a big house, well, they must be rich, no, but the mortgage is massive, so they probably haven't got as much money as you think. So they're kind of waltzing up with the club thinking, oh, brilliant, I'm going to get 15, 20 million to spend in January and we're going to do this. Sunderland probably wouldn't be looking at the managers they're looking at if they had that budget. They'd be looking at a different level of manager, so they're in a bit of a conundrum at the moment. I think the I think I think the the managers, are, the prospective managers, are all realistic. They'll know there'll be uh, not a much not much to spend. They're probably shocked by how little there is to spend. But I think more importantly than that is that 
for the managers now, some of them must hold the fear factor. I mean, the number of managers have gone through and top names as well. And now, especially after Simon Grayson's gone for three after three months, who I never thought was the man for the Sunderland job, um, but he's he's only been there three months and he's gone. And he was sort of he was deemed as exactly the sort of person you're talking about, Gareth, someone who was a capable championship manager who could do things on a budget. If you're a manager and you're thinking about applying to Sunderland, you're going to have to think very, very carefully if you've got any stock whatsoever because you could come to Sunderland and be out of a job within three months or six months or nine months at the very maximum. So it's going to be a factor with people like Michael O'Neill or people like Paul Heckenbottom who's been mentioned or a few other names who've been mentioned that you've, you've, you're going to have to be worried taking over Sunderland. It's, a bit of, it's becoming a bit of a poison chalice in football. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think there's also the suggestion I made the other day was if, if you're Paul Heckenbottom, you're sitting, you're doing quite kindly at Barnsley, it's your hometown club. Um, your stock's quite high with them. No. Probably, you know, if you don't get a couple of results, they're unlikely to be on your back. You come to Sunderland and you've got this possibility that the club could be sold, so you, you might not be the choice of the new owners if they come in. You've got this possibility that you're jumping ship where you're quite settled and everything's going quite well to come in to a bit of a storm and try and turn it around. If you're a big name or you're an established name like Moyes or somebody like that, you can maybe take a Sunderland like defeat or a Sunderland job and sack an on your uh, CV and still job for the boys. You'll get the West Ham thing's been proved. Like you know, Moyes' last few uh, managerial appointments have been absolutely woeful, but apparently. You know, he's rewrote history. It was never his fault. None of it was his fault. And managers do that. They do. Well, and Al, I reckon Aldice has been briefed. He must have, you know, the managers' union because he's basically backed up Simon Grayson this week. He's mm. backed up David Moyes. I mean, we talk. But the thing know, is that the point I'm trying to make is, if Moyes if Moyes got sacked from Sunderland, he always knew there's probably going to be another offer sooner or later. He always knew that if he couldn't do that, there's television to go into. If he couldn't do that, then the BBC will have him on the radio. You know, like a Heckenbottom or Paul Hurst, if you want to put another name on that. If they get sacked and Simon Grayson, I dare say their opportunities would be far more limited than anything, you know, that likes a Moyes and that's going to get. So they've got to take that into consideration. Heckenbottom's got to think, if I go to Sunderland and it doesn't work out, how long is it going to be before I can get myself back on the managerial merry-go-round? He's going to have to wait a lot longer than Moyes unless he goes much further down the league and starts all over again. That's got to be a consideration for any manager looking at coming in. Do you not think, though, if you then, but then if, if there's doubt in his mind at any point, he should just rule it out straight away? Because I think if you go into a job like Sunderland with that mentality, and yeah, if I mean, you don't start well, you're going to get the same old, same old from the manager. Well, you know, it's difficult... Working on a tight budget, yeah. You know, well, all that, all the excuses, all the excuses will come out, and then we'll end up with a situation again where it's all poor old Paul Hurst, poor old Paul what, what, you need, what you need is is you need a chief executive of real quality, and I don't know whether Sunderland have got one or not. We need a chief executive of real quality to find a manager that he is absolutely convinced has got real quality about them, even if they're not a big name so far, but they've got real quality. And put them in there and leave them and say, you know what, if we get relegated, we're going to get relegated. But this is the guy who's going to rebuild us. This is the guy who's going to, if he has to quit, strip all the bare basics and we get relegated. We believe in this guy. He can spend three or four years building this club and that, that person needs that that space. And if they, if you give a person that sort of space and that patience and make it clear that he's got the full backing of everybody and they believe in him, then the chances are that person will succeed. 
but the key thing is you've got to get a, the right manager you know you've got to get the right manager and that's the big question mark it certainly is a massive question it's, it literally is the only question the question mark at the moment um but Graham's got a skedaddle mm-hmm. because he's got to go somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm freelance these years. I've got, I've got clients, so... He's got important things got, to do. I, 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 despite the astonishingly large yeah. fee for being here, yeah. Karen, <laughs> uh, I've got to go for some paid work yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Can I come with you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so when we come back, we'll, we're going to play the, the game we haven't played in a while, actually, where right. we're going to guess the team from a, a previous home game against Millwall. Oof. So that's going to be fun for you, Gary, because the pressure's going to be on you on your own because Michael Luff didn't turn up tonight claiming that he my played. Me- on my memory shot What out. season was that then? It was 04 05 when we won the league under Mick McCarthy. No, at least so one of those people in the book. Exactly. So, But don't spoil it because no. you're going. You can't give them clues and then nick off. I was, ho- I was hoping it was going to be the I was hoping it was going to be the one where. Uh, where we, uh, with Bowley in 6 1. No, the one where uh, Mr. Crabtree turned up with a sunlit coat on while we were walking back to the train, but uh, that's another story altogether. Well, maybe you can tell it after this. Do. Anyway, we'll come back in a minute. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Yeah, so you can elaborate on that story if you want, Gary. We need to fill some time, because right. Graham's gone. We've got 20 minutes to entertain the masses. Right, well... We, can we achieve it? We're going to try. Um, so what happened was, obviously, um, Millwall, anybody knows anything about um, football, will know about... Um, You're in the wrong mid- place. Millwall's sort of, uh, what shall I say, a reputation for being a warm and friendly club and having warm and friendly supporters. Um, so the club um, got permission, uh, the club staff got permission not to wear the colours to the game in case it caused any uh, frack or any unfriendlies. So everybody made sure they were wearing no colours and that as we got off the train and were led down a cage into the, yeah, cha- into the stadium. Except for Simon Crabtree, who was uh, broadcast at the time, I think um, I think he was for a Metro at the time, Dave Crabbers, uh, who turned up in a massive club coat with a massive badge on. Needless to say, nobody wanted to sit next to Simon on the wow. train on the way there. Did, on he, the way did he arrive back. unscathed? Or? Uh, yeah, we got on all right. There was uh, we got there and there was enough police police horses out the front to uh, run the Grand National, so we got in amongst them and got, got led into the stadium. Um, completely unscathed, which was nice. Was that but, was that the evening game by any chance? It was. It, it was a Saturday afternoon game. Oh, it was, was the it? G- it was the game where um, the wonderful Jason Matatia came out after the game 
into the hordes of uh, press and came out with the lines, Jason, uh, J- uh, Dennis Wise is a cheat. He's always been a cheat. Everybody knows he's a cheat. His whole family are probably cheats. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all standing there with our notepads and pens going, this is great stuff, this. It was also the same one that um, Martha Stewart uh, accused Kevin Muscat of cheating because he was making a whistle sound like the referee's whistle and we kept yeah, stopping yeah. during the game. So there was a bit of bla- bad blood after the game but, um, in the press conference afterwards. Mr Matt T made his thoughts on Mr Wise uh, completely clear. Well, on that note, the, the, one of the men, the key men in this game, in, in the game we're going to talk about, um, attendance, interesting. Guess what the attendance was? It was the 30, 13th game we played that season. Um, it was the 16th of October 2004, so 13 years ago. Um, and the attendance for the game, John Hazard, I guess? Ooh, was it midweek or was it? Um, I don't know. Saturday? No, it was Saturday. Saturday. Ooh, 38,600. Miles off. 23,839. <laughs> I, I was being optimistic. So when people talk about the attendances. Yeah. You know, and I think that was a key feature at that time. You know, the, you know, maybe it wasn't as, as good as people, maybe some people thought. But anyway, the game, Sunderland won Millwall nil. The man you, you mentioned featured prominently in that he scored the young goal, Kevin Muscat. Right. It's much to the, I'm sure, the delight of the the, the squad remaining from the. Yes, he was. A, um, he was. A, I think he was a lovely chap, Kevin. He, he fitted that club perfectly well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as did few, Dennis they Wise. Few, really. Yeah, they had, they had a few. Well, interestingly, Dennis Wise was player manager. Um, for uh, we might try that. Don't know. Yeah, if I'll check my phone just in case we've appointed. Don't know. Who could we have as player manager? manager. Oh, yeah. Oh, she, oh, she, oh, she, yeah, someone like that. That would probably be a thing that we'd do. Um, but yes. So, do you, do you think you can hazard a guess at that team? Ooh. Or some of them? We can't have too many silences here because it'll be boring. Right. Usually, we have people right. shipping in. So. I'm Sorensen wouldn't it be? Would no, no, gone? long gone. That long come gone. on, switch on. Poor start. Oh, I know. I told you, my memory's shopping for. Well, this is going to be great. Like this is gonna, it's going to be great. Well, we had two. This, we had two it? great goalkeepers. So they might actually get in at the moment. Uh, at the time for that level, oh. one of them went on to Arsenal. Oh well, that's that's, a, that's an easy one, I think. Poom. Correct, Mark Poom. John Oster described um, this player uh, the fullback, one of the worst players he's ever played with. So either Williams or Holloway. No, no, no. no it was Mark Lynch. Oh, well, yeah, I. <laughs> just one of the few times I won't argue with John Oster. A left back, Sunderland stalwart. It left back for years that through that period, very popular player, Northern Ireland international. Northern Ireland international. You've got come us. on, it's a terrible George McCartney. Oh Captain. yeah, right. yeah, he's, yeah. If he said had, uh, like, if he said he liked rap, rap music and big cars, I would have gotten it straight away. Does he like that? I didn't. know Oh yeah, he's, he used yeah. to drive about in a Hummer, did George? Did, did he? he? Oh, yeah. right, okay. Most white man you've ever met. But well, <laughs> there you go. Um, in midfield, uh, sorry, we'll do centre back. Sorry, we had uh, two Scots at centre half. Right, so Col- Caldwell, correct, Steve one. Caldwell. Um, one of the uh, Collins, Neil Collins, yeah. correct in midfield. That's going to keep giving us clues. Come on, you captain at the time. Played in the Premier League this season for Huddersfield Town. Oh, the water carrier. 
Team Whitehead. Team Whitehead, and alongside... Um, was the blonde bombshell playing then? Um, I can't see him on there, yeah. but know that he was alongside in midfield. Um, signed, scored, on his, scored against Norwich, I remember, in, his, in the season he signed. I'm trying to think of significant things he did. Didn't really do a lot when we got promoted. Scored actually scored the goal in the in the final game of the season that season against Stoke when we won one nil and celebrated the championship. Oh, no, Went man. on to play for Toronto, I believe. I think he managed Vancouver White. Oh God, um, this is terrible. Probably terrible radio. It probably is, but right? I, yeah. I can see the guy's face, but I can't remember. Just tell you who it is. Yeah, Carl Robinson. Yeah, you want to always get confused with the the Milton Keynes. Yeah, we also had. Uh, Trying to work. It looks like a four-three-three. This does the, the gentleman who missed a penalty quite badly against Crystal Palace oh, in midfield. A lovely, yeah, uh, lovely Jeff. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Whitley. Um, Jeff, front you... three looks like through the middle. Have a guess. Front three, front three. That time. Um, One of them could have played left back, played centre midfield. Still playing now. Plays for South Shields. Oh, Julio. Julio. Through the right. middle, his dad played for Sunderland. Oh, Chris Brown. Chris Brown. And the other lad was a lad was signed on loan, probably played about six games, signed him on loan from Leeds United. I should get this and I can't remember his name. And I... I haven't prepared for this at all, so do you not think my stats clues are quite impressive? Uh, fantastic. I wouldn't have gotten them without yeah, them. We would have been yeah, studying yeah. all night with me. This is Michael Luff's fault, by the way, so feel free to at him, Michael Luff95. You yeah. can at him and uh, criticise him for making us drag for, this yeah, out. For, for leaving us. Simon uh, Johnson. Simon Johnson. God, he was terrible, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, this bench that day is actually pretty decent. Did I wonder he if we had some injuries. Or, is that the same one? I, I don't know who he played for. I don't know. But we had on the bench that day Thomas Myra. Darren Cartner, Liam Lawrence, I Marcus like Stewart, Lawrence. and Michael Bridges. Why would you play Simon Johnson and Marcus Stewart? And Liam Lawrence. And well, not Michael Bridges on the second. Darren Carter as well. It was excellent. You probably yeah, have him I instead of Jeff. You probably have him instead of Jeff Whitley. I love Darren Carter. Yeah, as a so Mick McCarthy was the manager, of course, a man who some people have suggested might come back to get us out of this. Well, he, he's always been... It's strange, isn't it? Because he had such a bad time at, at Sunderland, but he's always been very complimentary about the club and always said... Like, even I think he even said the other week that if he wasn't in a job, then he'd jump at the chance to come back at Sunderland, which is bizarre, really, when you consider how badly things went for him. I mean, yeah. he wasn't giving much support at all, to be fair to him. He was, he was sort of brought in to, again, do what we're doing now. <laughs> Can you help us? But we don't want to spend anything. Well... We'll do some Twittery questions as right. well. What do you think about it? We should have um, probably had Graham in the studio. Yes. I guess you can count because you, you were a journalist as well. Um, talk about the terrible journalism during this manager hunt. Bane keeping us in limbo and fan turmoil. And on the back, that was from CF, SEFC, at SEFC. And there was another one on the kind of on the on the tail of that sort of thing which I can't find you can answer the question about terrible journalism since what right. do, you, do you think that that's do you think it's fair criticism now and obviously when Graham was around it's been particular it was a lot easier for people to get yeah. information because you had the personal contacts now it's like locked down and filtered god yeah I mean when I like to go back to the good old days when I was when I was a lad when when I first started you used to have um you used to have players' uh, mobile numbers. You used to have players' home numbers. So you give them a ring after training, and then all of a sudden somebody um, d- 
designed this thing called a press officer at football clubs. And these people, <laughs> well, they hang about. If you want anything doing, you'll have to go through us. And now, you know, sometimes you can be stood in a tunnel um, waiting to speak to players after the game and they'll just put their headphones on and walk straight past you or they'll just look at you and say, no, not speaking to you today. Mm. And not a great deal you can do. Sometimes it's because they've been badly treated and they feel um, they've been unjustly treated by the press. I can understand that. Sometimes it just can't be bothered. Sometimes it's because the, the result didn't go their way. But it's really difficult nowadays. And the worst, obviously, we've got 24-7 news coverage now. Not on sound like a, an American, but we've got, like, and now you've got to put something on the, the web and we have this clickbait thing, which I don't like at all, which I, it's one of the reasons I don't miss... The journalism at all. We've got this clickbait where you've got to lead somebody into seventeen hundred adverts before they get the well, story. You say that on that point, you won't believe the opinions that I have got to share when we come back after this. No, I'm not going to do that. It was a clickbait show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gareth had an opinion on the Wise Men Say podcast. You wouldn't believe what it was. <laughs> dot 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 dot. Yes. Yeah. Tune in next week. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. Revealed. Um, Gary Foster's views on the new Sunderland manager. And. You know, like you see, because you haven't got the contacts that we used to have. I think a lot of it's second guessing, or maybe just making stuff up sometimes um, to get something out there. Um, well, on the, well, on that point, at Mobile Magnum says, is a club statement needed to dampen all of the fan hysteria that's occurring in response to the media? Film the information vacuum was rubbish. He doesn't say rubbish. He uses a yeah, rude yeah, word, uh, a naughty word that we won't say on the radio. It's disgusting language. More by Mac and be ashamed of yourself. But on that point, doesn't uh, kiss his mother with that mouth. What you know? At what point is you know? It's all, like you say. It's twenty four seven news coverage. It's constant. It's rammed down your throat, and not just from your club, from every other yeah, club, yeah. which creates a, pr- a pressure. You know. Well, if they're doing this, we should be doing this. If they're doing that, they should be. Do- we should be doing that. At what point, as kind of a football club, go? We need to. We need. We almost need to get in on this and sort of react to it. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a difficult balance. I, I can understand where he's coming from, it's, but it might set a dangerous precedent if every yeah. time something like this happens. It's sort of died every down time it, something yeah. like this happens. Which quite often with Sunderland when we're looking for a manager, <laughs> it sort of died down a bit, and because when if. Not so many years ago now, um, clubs were putting their own like content on on their websites, the same as same sort of stuff along the lines that journalists would do. That seems to have died down a bit now. They're not really doing the, the newsy stuff as much now. It's more featured kind of stuff. I guess the difficulty they've got in terms of making a statement on the current situation, as far as we're aware, and I say as far as we're aware with our amazing um, sources, um, Paul Heckenbottom remains one of the top choices. However, as far as legally and whatever, they haven't spoken to Barnsley. So I don't suppose they yeah. can come out and say, look, this is who we're after. Don't worry about any other speculation. We know what we're doing when they haven't spoken to Barnsley and they haven't gotten permission. Well, how do you have in. an interview? Just pop out, or just um, go and uh, the cones are broken, I'm going to pop down there. Uh... Well, Sports it, shop well, and get some new uh, cones. Like, oh, I'm in Leeds in yeah, an interview with someone. It, well, it, it's happened loads over yeah, the yeah. years, isn't it? I mean, like Brian Clough sometimes used to sign players in uh, in, in greasy spoons on motorway cafes and stuff like that. that. Well, well, in casinos, though. Well, yeah, or the dog might have signed them, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Um, but, uh, no, it, look, 
I'm not saying there's been no contact between the club and, and Paul Etten, but I'm sure they'll come out and say there hasn't been because they've got to do things properly. But we know players get tapped up. We know managers get tapped up. It's part and parcel of the game. You can go and speak to representatives. I think Graham said earlier, uh, one of the guys who might have been interested in the job didn't get a chance to speak to the club, but obviously they'd spoken to his representatives beforehand. So, you know, there's always ways of getting in touch and, and sounding people out. But it's difficult to put a statement out when when there's uh, nothing happening. I guess if it was some sort of outrageous statement like, Diego Maradona, Sullivan's next new gaffer, the club could come out and say in the statement, we're not sporting to Diego and we've got no intention as a speaker. Well, maybe Diego. we should. I mean, well, it'd be yeah. fun, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, we could it get It would be fun. Well, it'd certainly be lively, wouldn't it? It would be. <laughs> I mean, I'm leaning towards the, 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 ridiculous. the banter appointment right. now. We're going to appoint an idiot and have a bit of fun well. as we flail. I think that... that Surely is the way to go now. It is. I mean, the other way to the other way to do it is with this wonderful phenomenon that is the the internet and what have you. Is you could appoint a foreign manager with a fancy sounding name who hasn't done anything or has just come into management, and there'd be a YouTube video somewhere of all his accomplishments yeah. and stuff like that. Everybody would be like, "He's brilliant." It's just the guy we need. You've never seen yeah. him manage. You know, it's a bit like the Paul Hurst one. I'm not sure how many of the people who were championing. Paul Hurst is he's the right man to get us up and stuff like that. I'm not sure how many of them has watched Shrewsbury Town. I said, I certainly I don't think I've ever watched Shrewsbury Town, Town. in my life. So, um, how much you know about these guys and how much anybody knows about these guys, it's just, you know, people are just desperate for something yeah. to happen. It's, it, you know, we're all just waiting and hoping that something soon will happen. And then we can either go, oh my God, that's terrible, or where well, we'll back him, or oh yes, brilliant. Yeah. But but at the minute, everybody's just sort of hanging and looking for the. So while we get back to the journalism thing, while we're all saying it's poor journalism and they're not telling us anything we don't know, everybody's still looking because yeah. everybody still wants to know. Well, my view, just to sort of round it off, because Sack North Yorkshire, Yorkshire says anyone else as bored as I am when I search for a manager, <laughs> it is. Because you go to bed thinking, oh, get up the next morning, there'll be a bit of news. Nothing. Yeah. It's just lot today we've had. I mean, at least Ali McCoy's wants it. I mean, you know, well, we, we could have we could have somebody who wanted it, even though it would be disaster. But my, I mean, and, and fair play to him and Phil Neville as well has come out and said it's a great opportunity. Do you know where and, Phil Neville's let himself down though? He hasn't got himself on the Alan Brazil show. Because that's that's the that's new the it's the new recruitment yeah. agency yeah, he's been yeah. this week he's been Be talking up Boise for West yeah, Ham. Yeah. He was talking up holidays for Everton and this morning it was like Ali, do you want the Sunderland job? Yeah, go on the last should well you shouldn't be listening you should be listening to Simon and Danny in the morning. Gary. I do apologise. Come on. Right. Switch on. But what I was gonna say is what what frustrates me slightly just to finish is you know, I feel as though some of these managers and this isn't trying to sound like who do you think you are you know being arrogant but if you can't see a club like Sunderland as an opportunity to do something special then I wouldn't even bother coming you know don't don't come in don't come here thinking oh well you know I've got an easy get out if I fail because I can just blame everything else that other managers have blamed you know don't do us a favour as fans, and don't bother turning up because we've had enough of it. So only if you're gonna, if you want the job, take the job, and, and approach it from you know proudly. That's what I would say because does I, it, it just does my head in when we get this rubbish from managers who've been and gone, and then it becomes a myth 
you know, like all these, all this stuff about managers who, what is it? It's a poison chalice. Well, sorry, but if you go back, Gus Poyet went to Real Betis. Um, Dick Advocate went to Holland, and before that, Fenerbahce. Sam Allardyce managed England, and then got a job at Aston Villa. David Moyes found himself at West Ham. So don't tell me that it's a reputation ruin and poison chalice because these people have gone on yeah. to have good jobs after they've left Sunderland. The only one who hasn't is De Canio, and I think we all know the reason why yeah. he hasn't got another job because he's a bit of an idiot. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably come back now. Well, the only thing I wonder about is what what's said when they have these meetings. How how does how does Martin Bain or whoever sitting around the table sell the club to these people? Because for me and you, I know like. We're Sunderland fans, and we, we, we're slightly biased. We red my glasses on, but everybody yeah. else, like Phil Neville, like on about how big a club it is and what an opportunity it is and all that. And yet you've got these other guys going, ah, it's like McInnes, ah, it's not really mm. for me, and you know maybe it's safe, it's not, though, isn't it? It's safe. It's self-preservation, and there's is, two different kinds of self-preservation. It seems you either don't take the job and say it was a rubbish opportunity, mm. or take the job and then and mourn about it. Mm. Nobody takes it and backs themselves. No. Everybody, you know, he talks about, you know, this dark forces almost type mentality and it's yeah. it's getting tiring now. So I think if I think a lot of fans are thinking, you know, if you're going to come with that, you know, we, we don't want to hear it, you know. like We, 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 well, we, had, the, we had all those years where we, the, the, the problem we had was that we didn't have this amazing, uh, in brackets, Identity. Mm. Now we've got this identity, unwanted identity, is the poison chalice, and, and we're, we're yeah. still we're still in the uh, still in the same well, boat. Of, it's not really a lot of it's not really based in fact. No, it? no, I mean, it's based it's based in you know fiction based on opinions. Yeah, we haven't been very good. Yeah, but Sam got a tune out of them, mm. and we we went ended that season with two defeats in twelve, and we lost to Leicester and uh, West Ham. I think were the two mm. teams we lost to in that run of twelve. We drew at Liverpool. We drew. We drew with um, Arsenal. You know, we, we beat Chelsea. You I know, the, you yeah. know, it, it, it just it, it frustrates me what? because he, pe- people have had opportunities to make things better, and instead of doing that, they've they've bottled it. Yeah. You know, well, and, and if if you can't look at the squad, regardless of what people say about budget in January, if you can't look at that squad where you've got now and see you get a better tune out than Simon Grayson, then don't bother coming because yeah. you haven't got. You, you know, you need a bit of backbone. But even you know, even, even, get go, all of it. even going back to Moyes rewriting history, you know, yeah, you, you, they come out with a trot out the same old line that there's something deeply wrong within the heart of that football club. Yeah, you can trot out the same old line that you don't think Martin Payne's doing a good job. Trot out the same old line that Ellis Short's like not batting the managers anymore. None of those three things can account for spending the money that David Moyes spent on Papi Dillabodji. None of those three things can account for David Moyes persistently sticking with Adnan Yanazai when he had the heart the size of a pea and the backbone of a jellyfish. Not, you know, some, sooner or later, somebody's got to call David Moyes on the fact that he's trying to rewrite history and say, hang on a minute, yes, there was other things wrong with the football club. How do you explain that? And how do you say it's not your fault? Because it is, well, you, and he's got all his hands. Go back further than that, you know, Jeremy and Lentz coming in, you know, he, he can't even get... He, He's in bother. It, it is a Besiktas he's gone yeah. to. He's in bother there. I mean, they call him overweight. He hasn't played. Saying he was refusing to go on the pitch as a substitute the other week. You know, the, and he was essentially our record signing. I mean, I know mm. people say it was in Dong, but you know, the fee for Lens was to rise to fifteen million. So, 
you know, there's a lot of... But anyway, we're going to have to finish because we've we're, we're gone over time. Do you, mean? I know, it's good. That was good, wasn't it? We got yeah. we, we churned that out and <laughs> we haven't even talked about the game at the we've weekend. Best avoided. <laughs> I think it's, you know, I think it it's it's indicative of the situation we're in that we haven't actually got onto the game because yeah. I think we're also focused on the new who's going, who the new manager is going to be. And with the international break, we've had no football and the press conference hasn't been today. Yeah. So we might have had something more... Hopefully, Indong will be back. You know, hope McNair might come in. You know, but regardless, I think all eyes are on the football club and making that right appointment. Um, and let's hope when we come back on Monday, and well, let's hope when we actually when you come and see us at the Peacock before the game or yeah. the weekend when we're joined by David Priest, get yourself along there about one ish, come down and we'll have a lovely old chat about potentially if it is Heckingbottom he's he's good yeah. he knows some stuff about Paul well, he's, he's good anyways David yeah, he, he is, really yeah. knows his stuff but hopefully when we come back on Monday and then definitely by the time we've talked about the Villa game on, on Thursday next week hopefully we're talking about what the new manager's going to do after two victories for Sunderland on the back of Robbie Stockdale's good work that's what we're hoping is going to happen let's hope so and let's hope we beat that record but thanks for listening we'll be back next week Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker, all things Sunderland. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.